What is up, guys? It is Deuce from the Gridiron Things podcast, back for episode three, and I have a special guest with me today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up, you guys? I'm Nathan from uh, Bush League Bound, primarily on TikTok or on Instagram and Twitter as well, but yeah, Bush League Bound. Yep. Yep. Go hit them up on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Bush League Bound. Um, for this episode, we're going to be going over a topic that I've been wanting to do for so long, but I've just been putting it off. The topic for today is what went wrong with Michael Vick. Of course, everybody knows about the dog scandal, about everything that went down in that situation, but everybody doesn't know the whole story. But we'll start at the beginning. Of course, Michael Vick was a Virginia Tech legend, uh, drafted in 2001, 6,109 rushing yards as a quarterback was insane. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's ridiculous that a kid from the town of Newport News, Virginia, Virginia boy through and through, went on to play at Virginia Tech, arguably one of the most electric college football players of all time, up there with the likes of Cam Newton and the other greats, Tim Tebow, Cam, those guys. I personally have, taught, or have uh, Michael Vick at the top of my list of greatest college football players of all time just to watch, not necessarily statistically speaking. But then he makes that leap to the NFL. The Atlanta Fal the Atlanta Falcons at that time were so deprived of talent and so deprived of success, they were looking for something to latch on to. And when they drafted Michael Vick, they found that thing. It was explosive in college, and that transferred to the NFL a little bit. Uh, the completion percentage went down dramatically in the uh, league. I think he was somewhere around 55 to 60% completion percentage throughout his time with the Falcons. But they found that one piece that they could latch onto that gave them hope. And that really propelled him to start him in the NFL. Whereas if he didn't have that running threat, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was never a passer. He was never a pocket presence. He was never going to beat you with his arm solely. It was the threat yeah. of him running. And he was about the first quarterback to ever have that ability that played in the NFL. Just an, in an incredible dual threat. He had 36 rushing touchdowns, but 22,464 total passing yards in his career and 133 passing touchdowns. And he was the first ever quarterback to run for 1,000 yards in a season. Obviously, Lamar has uh, done it since then, um, but it was an incredible feat at the time. He won Comeback Player of the Year in 2010, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, won the Archie Griffin Award in 1999 in college the Big East Offensive Player of the Year, Big East Rookie of the Year. And he averaged seven yards per carry. And seven yards per carry is, is actually kind of insane, especially, especially for quarterbacks, and especially in, 2000, in the 2000s where the dual-threat quarterback wasn't a thing, really. No, Michael Vick invented the dual-threat quarterback. Yeah. Most of the sets ran back then weren't spreads, weren't West Coast. Those primarily came to college football with Chip Kelly and Mike Leach. When Mike Leach was at Texas Tech, but back in the day that Michael Vick played, uh, Frank Beamer was running more of the eye set, eye looks. They ran a little bit of the shotgun, but for the scheme of what he played in, to have the success that he did is just mind-bogglingly insane. Yeah, and and he had so much success. He he had like he had it all. He uh, he took the Atlanta Falcons to a level that they had not seen in so long. And the Falcons were so desperate for something, and he gave them that spark. Yeah, especially after they swung and missed with Brett Favre, or they thought they did, 
uh, Brett Favre went and eventually panned out in the Green Bay with the Packers. But once they drafted Brett Favre and then let him walk to Green Bay, from that point on, they were really deprived of any sort of quarterback talent or talent in general. And then when he led them to the playoffs, it was it was just a culture shock for the city of Atlanta. And he became a household name in college. Yeah. And then when he came to the league and took Atlanta to the playoffs, it completely changed the game for him and made him even more of a household name and skyrocketed him up to even a larger scale of stardom. Yeah, he he took he took it to a whole different level. OK, and so now we can get to what went wrong now. Michael Vick was the Falcons starting quarterback since 2002. And eventually it all came crashing down when he pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to travel in interstate commerce in aid of unlawful activity to sponsor in a dog animal fighting venture. See, that was interesting because he's said that he only financed it. And it's been proven that he's only financed it. So, no, granted, uh, did he know where the money was going to? Maybe, maybe not. The money he gave, the money he supposedly gave to supply the dogfighting ring was given to a lifelong friend. And I believe one of them was his cousin. Don't quote me on that. But I think one of them was a family member as well. So he was just trying to give back to his community to a certain point. But, yeah, you probably should know where your money's going. Did he know yes. where? And that was and that was one of the big things is like you're sending your money somewhere and you're not particularly sure sure where it's going to. And turns out it was going to an illegal dog fighting ring and Vic got slammed for that. And in 2004, right before this, he signed a 10 year deal for one hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, dude was going to get paid. That's he all. was getting a bag. He plexico burst himself. He shot himself in the foot. So. Yeah. It's just and, so see, man. He was never the same once he came back. He was suspended. He came back. He had runs with the Eagles, Falcons, Steelers, and Jets. But he just never was that explosive, you know, guy that he was in Atlanta. He was never the same, like you said. Uh, they say prison and jail changed people, and I firmly believe that prison did change Michael Vick. Michael Vick went in. He would never had an off-the-field issue that I can remember with the Falcons or at Virginia Tech maybe a minor hiccup here or there, but he came out and ended up in rehab, ended up <clears throat> being suspended for marijuana, which I don't yeah. think is a thing, but that's a different story. I mean, he just came out and fumbled the bag so many more times that it was hard to root for him at a certain point because he couldn't get out of his own way. It's sad to see, don't get me wrong, but at a certain point, you just have to stop the self-destructive behavior, learn from what you learn from your mistakes and move on. And he just couldn't seem to do that. Yeah. And that was the thing with, um, it's also been a thing modernly with Josh Gordon, not being able to get out of his own way. Um, he's been um, in and out of the NFL. He's still in the NFL now, I believe uh, as a member, most recently of the chiefs. I don't yeah, think he's Jordan just, he just loves reefer dude. There's not, a, he loves marijuana more than football. That's all there is. Yeah. To um, A.B. can't seem to get out of his own way, which I don't particularly blame him for. It's, no, if A.B. could have got out of the way of Montez Perfect. It's got to be the CTE. No, 100%. There's no way that you go from what he was originally in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's a decent guy. Like, I met him at training camp a couple times. Just, like, in passing, how he would treat fans at training camp in Latrobe. 
to the point of which after Vontez Perfect, like light switch in his head, just the complete asshole that he's turned into. I mean, he's a dickhead now. There's no there's no two ways about it. He's just a completely immoral immoral dude at this point. Like there has to be more to it than him just getting paid. And like right. money, money can change you, but it doesn't change you that much. Right. Yeah, and there were some stories um, that came out of um, some of the guys from the Steelers back then when he got paid, and they they said some things, but it wasn't as drastic as like the things we're seeing now. And of course, he might be he might be locked up for a long time for what he did in Dubai because they're really um, strict on that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's an international incident, <laughs> man. No, he got paid. And then he got paid. Everything was fine in Pittsburgh. And then, like, the year after he got hit by Vontez Perfect, he drove his Lamborghini or whatever it was 120 miles an hour down the highway. Man. It's ridiculous. It was all over the place. It just sucks. No, um, they threw that ottoman out the window, almost killed that kid, mm. throws his feet off. Like, dude, at a certain point, someone's just got to commit that, man. <laughs> he needs – he needs yeah. – he needs – he needs locked up. Um. Vic was ordered to pay almost $1 million for the 53 dogs that were seized from his property. And he was required to enter a drug alcohol treatment program and pay the cost of treatment. And he uh, was released from federal prison in July of 2009. Yeah, he got off for good behavior. I mean, he was a model inmate, apparently, I guess. This is a model of an inmate as you can get. Uh, yeah. But it's just wild that that even happened. Like I, I can still. I'm old enough to the point of which I can remember Michael Vick getting arrested and being placed into prison. And it just was like, how, why, wow, like, complete shock. Because I mean, that's nothing that you could ever see coming. Now, if Antonio Brown started doing that shit now, like, yeah, uh, okay, well, that's just AB being a dumbass again. But yeah. Michael Vick was an upstanding guy, and he was honestly a role model for a lot of young kids back yeah, then. And it must have been a shock. It must have been a huge shock to to um, the way the media showed it at first. Was like this guy Michael Vick is taking dogs and put them in the ring with each other. And yeah, they made it act like he was the one ripping the teeth out of the dogs' right. eyes and things like that. But he was just he was just uh, back in it. He was just paying. He was, just, he, was the, he, he was the financer of the operation. From everything I've read, I mean, granted, no one but Michael Vick and the people involved know what actually happened. But from what I've read, it just seems like Michael Vick was banknoting the entire operation as opposed to an active participant. Um, yeah, and Michael Vick, um, as you said earlier, had a couple run-ins with, um, with marijuana in that September of 2007. He tested positive. And a court document from Virginia showed that it was in September. And it, it just it just kind of all went downhill from there. That happened. And then he got arrested. And then everything, everything was just was just not good from then on. His run with Pittsburgh wasn't good. His run with New York wasn't good. He wasn't bad in Philly. For, yeah, he, he. I give him that. He wasn't bad in Philly. He had a couple memorable moments in Philly, actually. Yeah, Philadelphia was probably his best stop after the Falcons and that his post-jail uh, victory tour. That's what you want to call it. But I mean, 
he wasn't going to be the same after he came out of jail. If you go into prison for two years, man, you're not training, you're not throwing a football, you're just sitting there. I mean, you might be able to lift weights. I don't know what the uh, the entire status of the jail at the prison he was in was like, but you're just not training for football for two whole years and you're going to lose a step. And at his age, that wasn't going to be good. It's like Kelvin Ridley now losing an entire year. Right. And Deshaun Watson almost losing yeah. two years. It's And it's the same thing in the MLB now, Trevor Bauer being suspended for essentially two full seasons. He's He's lost two years of his prime. Michael Vick lost two years of his prime. Now, honestly, it was probably the last two years of his prime. But who knows how far, how much further he would have progressed if he would have never went to prison, like I said, because he would have continued to train and get better. And he was getting better at that point. And then shit hit the fan. Man, it, it was absolutely crazy. And an article stated that not too long ago that the last dog from that ring, um, from the whole fighting scandal, uh, just passed away uh, just recently, which is uh, kind of crazy that that uh, most of those dogs, like, passed away, like, right. I, I mean, I just find it crazy that they kept tabs on the dogs. Yeah. Oh, man. Like. I mean, that was that was damn near 15 years ago. and there's 15 years. And that dog lived another 15 years? Yeah. So was what Michael Vick doing, was doing really that bad if that dog lived 15 years? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, let me let me go back to the article and see. I don't condone uh, animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> and see exactly exactly when this dog passed away. It, it it must have been fun for them to keep up with these dogs. Let's see. The dog passed away in 2020. That's wild. That's still. That's still, like. A That's really a, long time. That must have been like the last dog they bought or something. It must have been. Jeez. Or maybe it was the prize fighter. I don't know. <laughs> they feed those ones good. Those, they yeah. All the yeah. dog rings they uncover, man. Dogs that are dogs that put out, they get fed. I mean, it's kind of like the NFL. <laughs> yeah. You a dog, you best you the fed. best dogs get fed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and apparently that one was getting fed pretty good. Um, so, like, it's hard to compare this case to any other case in the NFL because now, modern day, the players are, like, actually going out and doing ridiculous shit. Like, um, who was it? The Raiders rookie last Henry year. Henry Ruggs when he killed that lady? Oh, man, that, that was like a whole different league of bad. Um, yeah. but there was another guy. It was a really young corner for the Raiders, and he oh. um got caught up in this thing where he was threatening this guy, had a gun up he to a, he went to Ohio State. I'm trying to remember his name. Who was it? Oh no, damn it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Hold on, let me look up Ohio State corners. Okay. Damon Arnett. Arnett. I was Arnett. Yeah. And, and players now are getting so ruthless, not even in just the NFL. Like the NBA is getting crazy. You Every other day you see something going on with the player, the Miles Bridges thing. Um, who else? 
The Miles Bridges thing is the only thing that comes to mind. They have the media coverage for the professional sports leagues in the United States and abroad is just so large. And I feel like some can't take the pressure and they get such a big head and they get so paranoid that if someone talks shit or anything like that, they're just going to throw hands. I mean, Elvin Kamara beat the shit out of that dude. Right. They, they jumped that guy. It's just ridiculous. I don't know how he's not in jail, honestly. Like, oh, how, man. How did they continue his case up in, essentially until after football season's over? Like, how is that, how is that okay? <laughs> and did you see Henry Ruggs was training, like, a couple weeks ago on a field? Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to put Brett Favre in the same facility just so he's someone to throw with him. Yeah, Favre's situation is crazy, too. Taking money from the community to build a new a new volleyball gym. At Southern Miss, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. I don't know how. What's up? What's up with Falcons quarterbacks? I mean, what's Marcus Mariota going to do? Yeah, what's Marcus going to do? What's Ritter going to do? What skeletons does Matt Ryan have in his closet? Right. That guy looks like he's stressed. He's hiding something. I mean, between the Raiders and the Falcons, I think that they could probably build a pretty hell, pretty good uh, prison football team. Yeah, who knows what Devontae Adams has done? Oh, and don't forget, um, the Cowboys are in a league of their own with the arrests. Yeah, that's also correct. <laughs> They've had quite a few as well. I feel like every team has, though. I mean, Jeffrey got arrested when he was in Pittsburgh because he beat the shit out of a paper towel dispenser in a convenience store bathroom uh, back when he had the frosted tips. I miss Jeffrey in Pittsburgh, man. He, he always made it entertaining because you didn't know if he was going to hit from 55 yards or miss from 35. So inconsistent, but so fun to watch. You got the heart rate going, dude. And all the illegal shit that Lawrence Taylor did, if he did that oh. in this era, he'd, he'd be out of the league. Lawrence Taylor li- literally willingly admitted to doing crack cocaine. Literally. Damn. Like the things that, that people do when they're sugar. famous, when they yeah, have he, status, is insane. It wasn't booger sugar. It wasn't cocaine. It, he wasn't doing lines. He was literally smoking crack rocks, crack cocaine, and going out on the field and tearing it up. I mean, he yeah. he was literally and metaphorically cracked. You could you could like send a a six five two hundred and fifty pound man coked up on the field and he would do the same thing that almost has to be considered a performance enhancing drug right and and d hop got suspended for performance enhancers and um one thing that actually happened to d hop and happened to um fernando tatis allegedly is that it was in the medication that they were taking and that they were not aware it might not be capped for d hop but tatis knew what he was doing yeah <laughs> the stuff that he was taking man that's such an old steroid there's no way in hell that he didn't know it was in there man um but nowadays it, it just feels like athletes um when the spotlight's on them and and who knows if they were doing these things before or now doing these things because they had 
a status. And this conversation like just completely took a turn from just Michael Vick to like the professional sports leagues as a whole. But yeah. it's a it's a question that needs to be asked. Like what what gets into these guys' heads? And if they do it before and still do it when they get to these professionals, when they get these big statuses, why continue to do it? Why throw this money away? Why stick with the old habits and not, you know, try to change something for the sake of the game that you supposedly love? That's what I always found extremely admirable about Derek Jeter. I think he was a very overrated shortstop. I don't think he should have been the first unanimous uh, Hall of Fame inductee, not for his play on the field, but what he did off the field, maybe that's what really pushed him over the top there. But the fact that he was the focal point of the New York Yankees throughout those in the, all of those years, the points of which they were the pinnacle of baseball, the spotlight was on them. And he never had a single off the field issue. He came to work, did his job, went home. He went out. Don't get me wrong. He went out. He was in New York. They, he had pictures taken of him with other celebrities, things like that. But he never made himself the center of attention in New York. It was always about the team, even when people tried to make it about Derek Jeter. Yeah. And it's hard to find, you know, a notable athlete like that now that's that's good at what they do that hasn't been caught up in some kind of controversy because everybody is now. I mean, the closest thing I can think of are the Watt brothers. Yeah. Watt brothers, haven't heard a thing about them. The Pouncey brothers, quite the opposite. Oh, the Pouncey brothers are... Going to have to do an episode about the that. gang Florida affiliated. Team. That Florida team was insane. The Pouncey they brothers... They need to make a 30 Hernandez. for 30 about that team. Yes, please. I mean, you oh. have... Not, not even just what they did off the field, but on the field. You have Percy Harvin, Joe Hayden, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez. Like, How does Tebow fit into that team? He's the most, like, spiritually, like, religious man that I've ever seen in sports. I don't – that's what I mean. Like, How, how did, did they blend in the work? locker room? How did those conversations go? Yeah, I mean, Marquise Pouncey, if it wasn't on a football field, Marquise Pouncey would have probably killed Miles Garrett. Oh, man. Oh, Miles man. Was 30 seconds away from catching hands. Man, it was, it, that, was that was insane. But, you know, I think, I think we covered just about everything. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Just a, you know, just a quick thing to, to get an episode out real quick. And I appreciate you coming in here on last notice. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah, for sure. Hey, y'all go check out um, what is it? Uh, Bush League. Bush League Bound. Bush, Bush League Bound on TikTok, Instagram, and everything on social media. Um, this has been Gridiron Things with Deuce and Nathan. I'll catch you guys on the next one.